If you can support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Your support will help us keep the show on the road throughout the intercounty season. So I'm delighted to be joined by Ref from from our Ref. Um, I'm sure many Kerry fans will be familiar with it. You would have seen it on Twitter, uh, a big following on Twitter, and a great podcast up there in May uh, about Mayo football. Um, Ref, thanks very much for for coming on. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. I, I was delighted to. Uh, I was driving along the road and I and I, and I seen the message come in from Adam Moynihan, um, and I knew Mayo Kerry was upcoming this week, so I got excited when I seen the the DM. Um, so delighted to come on now and. and uh, have a chat with the Kerry with the Kerry folk anyway. Won't yeah. be giving too much away, hopefully, because I know you won't be. Yeah, dead right. Um, <laughs> tell me a bit about about RF and how it started, and I suppose for people who might not know, you're doing this kind of uh, anonymously, or you're you haven't shown your face or your name. So, like, it's a bit unusual, I suppose. Could you explain to people where the idea came from and how how it got so popular? Yeah, it's easy enough. I was, I was, I think it was maybe four or five years ago. I just. I had enough of social media and I kind of packed it in, but I wanted to keep a Twitter account and I changed it to a generic name of a, of a crappy football thing. And I, I just said I'd keep it that just so I can keep an eye on scores and results and the general crack you get on Twitter. So I kind of kept it going. Then I started running a few polls and the crack got good, a bit of news, a few local club manager stories or, you know, bits and bobs like that. And uh, it kind of took off and the crack was going so well. People started mentioning about a podcast and there's a fella that's on with me now, Wendy McGeerty, the two of us do a, a weekly pod on Mayo football. Uh, I still keep the anonymous tag. I think it's better. It's a bit of crack. So I'm referred to as ref on the pod and I keep the RF thing going and we have the pod, we have Instagram, we have a few bits and bobs, you know, a bit of merchandise. It's a bit of everything. It kind of changes every six months, but I don't really know what I'm doing half the time, but the pod is kind of the mainstay now and uh uh, we do a good bit. We go cover club football and we we do commentary now on Twitter spaces for club games and different things like that. So it's 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 growing legs all the time and changing and adapting and sure we're just kind of rolling with it and so far so good. So yeah, look, it's something it's something different. It, I don't think there's many other types of accounts like it out there. So we'll keep it going for another while. Good stuff. So like the anonymity thing, do you think that is added to it? Do you think that was a big talking point probably for a while? Oh, it was definitely. That was the. I think that was the main driving force uh, in the beginning because everybody, especially in Mayo, and it's the same in Kerry. Everyone wants the news, and everybody wants to know who, who's who, and what's going on. And this was kept under wraps for a year or two, and it really grew legs because no one really knew who it was, and that I think really, really pushed it in Mayo anyway. But. Look, it was impossible to keep it hidden all the time because you could be at a junior game and there might be 10 people at it and I might put up a video. I'm sure it's it's easy enough to figure out who it is and there's a, a stranger there in the stand watching the game. So it's it's I still keep the anonymity, um, but uh, uh, I try my best and I keep the... Well, there's no harm keeping the face out. If you, you can see yourself, Adam, I'm no, I'm no model. So uh, we keep it that way. Um, so listen, as you mentioned, Kerry and Mayo coming up the weekend. So I'm having you on to, to pick your brain about Mayo. Um, might take you back to last year first. Obviously, things didn't end up as as Mayo would have liked. I suppose it kind of would it be fair to say it went a bit stale towards the end. Yeah, I think I think that's a general consensus amongst Mayo people too. It probably the Horan project went on a year too long, and the Tyrone game the, the year before that, and. If if you listen to the pod, we keep going back to it. I think that was a 
that was the final nail in the coffin of that project. I think a lot of people knew that and the way we didn't perform and there was no plan B at the time, it really took the wind out of a lot of people's sails. And even last year, there wasn't that the usual massive buzz around following Mayo. It kind of died a death and when Gola bet us and then we went up and got bet well by by Kerry in the league final. I think that finished that finished the whole the whole shebang with with that team and uh, it just needed a bit of a freshen up. But yeah, it, it's fair to say it did get stale and and you know what? It's look it happens. The best managers in the world and the best teams they go through cycles. I just think and most people do the same way. Think it was just a year too long. Um, so yeah, it it did go stale. But I think you know there's a little bit of a buzz coming back and it might be only February, but it's you can feel something boiling up again, which is great. Is James Horn still held in, in very high esteem in Mayo? Like the last year, saw or anything for for Mayo fans? I think I think maybe f- fan wise, I, I I think it might have it might have soured it a, a, a good bit, but you know, player wise, or I suppose within within the group, I think this, a lot of them players they owed a lot to James, and the, you know, maybe fellas coming to the end of their career or finished, they'll hold them in very high esteem. They got them to a certain level and so on, but I think it probably did damage his damage his um his reputation a bit by staying on that extra year. I think it's when you look back now, when you see the way it ended and that, you know, that I suppose not success, but he did, he did very well and they were very competitive, but ultimately getting over the line, they never got her. It's, it's a killer, but that's, that's football and that's the harsh, the harsh reality of it. So, you know, that's the way he's measured, unfortunately. And his, his uh, replacement now, Kevin Max Day, he's someone that even people in Kerry will be very familiar with because of his television work, you know, and they might have their own opinions about him. But what? how is he rated in, in Mayo? Like, is he well-liked in Mayo, first of all, as a person? I, I think so. I think they're they're warming to him. Like, I always... I, I, I'm If you follow the Twitter account, I'm notorious for giving out about the Sunday game and giving out about the, the pundits and what to say. But I always, I always liked Kevin. I thought... He, 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 you know, a lot of Mayo people said, Oh, he was talking up the dubs, or he's on the dub sides, or he was on the other, always on the other side. But I think he was just trying to be make an extra effort not to be called bias. Like, I actually liked the way he, you know, he, he, he was a great co commentator, good analysis, talks, he's positive, he's open enough, he speaks sense, he's, he's, uh, he's playing the right type of football. People are noticing that now in Mayo in the last couple of weeks, or the in the month, even the, the very first game, they're kicking the ball more, there seems to be a bit more about them. They're, we're working really hard and there's a there's a definite positivity and people in Mayo really have I think they're warming to him you know the positivity kind of come it's hard it's hard read it so early on the year but I think things have, uh, are looking up for him you know he's he started well they're trying something different and like there's not much more you can ask for at this at this stage you know it's still very hard to um you, you couldn't go judging anyone on a couple of games in the first two rounds of the league as you know yourselves below Kerry there won't be too much one this time of year, but uh, things are positive. I think a lot of people are are so far they're positive towards Kevin McStay. Now saying that, Adam, you know yourself, it's it's like Kerry. The, the, there's no pleasing some people. There's, some people will never be happy. Some people will be always happy, even though they shouldn't be. So, but I think the medium ground of the football, and if you talk to the right football and people, things are positive enough, and they, they they can see there's something happening, or they're trying to do something different. So, it's a new group, you know. It's it's a, it's a completely new thing, new backroom team with, with with loads of experience and loads of big names. So, you know, look at it, it's it's. I think it's positive in 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 Mayo so far, anyway. 
How big of a blow it was was it to next day to lose? Obviously, well, Mullen was well gone by that stage, but to lose Keegan as well. Ah, uh, so the two of them, I'd say, sure. How could you, you know, when you're you're taking over, you're taking over a team, and I don't think too many expected that that retirement in Mayo. I I didn't, um, I didn't expect it. I thought he definitely maybe make Stabie Cuse and leave him out for the first three or four rounds of the league and bring him in gradually for championship, bring him in at the right time there, having peaking for for April and May, but. Uh, I think when it dragged out, people got a bit more confidence and they thought, sure, sure, he has to be staying around now if he's dragging it out. But no, he he left and it was a big blow for Mayo. It was a big blow for the county to lose someone like that because we don't have too many of them footballers and not many counties do. He was a real special talent. And I'd say Mick Stay, you know, probably had him in on the on the first 15 for the championship, obviously, automatically. I had a, had a role for him and maybe probably playing a bit deeper. And to lose him was a massive loss. To lose Oshin Mullen, who, you know, young player of the year two years ago, massive loss and really set them back. And you can see that now. You can see that now in Mayo's in Mayo's backline and in their full backline, Porak O'Hora. He may may be in contention the weekend from the, from the talk around the county. He's he's close enough, he's back training. So but you look at that full back line, Hessian, McBride, Coyne, like they're all they're all young fellas and they're very little experience. And like when you're going into against a team like Kerry, and it's 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 very frightening. Now, the only positive is that Kevin McStay does like to sit back at times. He does put 15 behind the ball, which is it, which is the modern game. And I think it's something that watching TV now, watch I've watched a few inter-county games, division one, two. The stigma from putting the stigma of putting fifteen fellas behind the ball is now gone. I think every team does it. This, you know, if you ship one or two scores, you're going to you're going to lock it down and, sh- and 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 close the hatch for five ten minutes and settle it down. There's no point conceding scores. And a, a big a big criticism of James Horenstein was the way they left O'Hora one on one with Mister Clifford, and it sure caused them awful hassle and not even to have someone sitting in front. So we've lost. Lost a lot of experience. We've lost three. Paddy Durkin's injured too. In contention, possibly for that for, for the weekend. But you're like he hasn't played any games either as a horror. You're going in there now, and you've lost four or six backs against the best forward line in the in, in the country. With 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 the boys coming back as well. With with Clifford probably coming back. So, but at the same time, we're sitting back. You know, we're doing the right thing. So I I don't know it'll be enough. But it's an interesting it's interesting that they have lost so much. Um, and the positivity is still there. What are the expectations for the league or what were the expectations starting the league? Like what will constitute a good Division 1 campaign for Mayo this season? I think to constitute a good campaign, obviously, I'd be happy at mid-table, you know, fifth, fourth, fifth, just just get a couple of wins. It's We have an awful tendency in Mayo to be rushing to try to win the All-Ireland all the time. And we're constantly pushing and we're putting out our best team. We never really had that rebuild and give them time. I know James has brought in a lot of young players, but I still think there's another bit of rebuilding to do now because there's another couple of young lads in that team. It's a different style. It's going to take time. So if they can get a mid-table position while bleeding young lads, getting experience into the players like Coyne, Hessian, you know, Jonica McHugh is another young lad who's in the backs. Um, He didn't play the first two rounds, but, you know, if we can get more game time and more experience into these younger fellas, keep her position we didn't we didn't concede to Galway, we drew with them. So we're ready for the Connacht Championship. The Ross Common game is big for me too as well. I think that's going to be a big game that we put in a good performance there and not 
uh, you know, maybe not sure hand, but at least put in a good solid shift and be ready for the Connacht Championship because we have to be going into that Connacht Championship firing all cylinders now because there's two Division One teams in it. It's, it's it's it won't be easy. You touched on the two games that Mayo played already, and there have been positive signs. Like what specifically about the football that you've seen so far has been has been pleasing from a Mayo fan perspective? The f- the first thing is the push kick out we're, we're, we're trying a new goalie Rob Henley is out injured now at the moment with Cullum Reap in goal who's a former uh, he's won in All-Ireland at under 21 level and he played in the forwards so he's, he's comfortable out the field he's comfortable on the ball he's comfortable to play out the ball and it's probably one thing that maybe maybe Rob wouldn't have never played because you know he he's coming to the end goalkeeper has never done that but he's done he's had a couple of good years with not more um, played comfortably out on the ball and we push up on kickouts and we really aggressively push that. You know, at times Cullum has been coming up to the 45-yard line at the halfway line and he sat in that pocket where opposition try and try and hit, 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 hit try and hit. So that's one aspect. I think just the, the sheer hard work, that the, the aggression that they're showing. Um, Ray Boyne had a great stat there about the Galway and Mayo game compared to the Dublin and Kildare game. I think Mayo and Galway were averaging up on 90-something tackles um, in the match compared to the Kildare Dublin game where we're only hitting 40 or 50 so there's a there's a real emphasis on hard work turning turning the ball over and we're kicking it you know we're looking up with good foot passers now Jordan Flynn has turned into a great footballer in my eyes he's improving every week and he's on the route to becoming a serious member of that Mayo panel so you know we're pushing up on the kick out we're working hard we're looking at first time ball inside which is a long time because Horan ball has always been just run at them and, and absolute chaos. So listen, I, I asked you to to predict how you think Mayo are going to line out. So could you take us through it there? You, you mentioned reaping goal, uh, the full back line. I did. And the full back line probably will be, well, see, it, this comes with a health warning too, because you have to look at, you know, I'm trying to think as well. Kevin McStay has a young panel. He's a lot of fellas he wants to try out and he's going to have to put them in at some stage. So there is, you know, it does come with a help one. It's very hard to pick a team properly this time of year in the in the league, especially two rounds in, three rounds in. You know, you don't really know what's going on either inside of the camp. But I will go on with Jack Coyne in the Hessian and David McBride. I talked about Cullum Reap earlier. You know, he's getting his chance now and we, I think it's important that we get back up for the keeper anyway. Jack Coyne coming in there from the intermediate team, uh, Bally Hornis, who won the intermediate championship last year. He's been doing well. He's hands-on. He's a decent footballer. Uh, in the Hessian involved at Mayo last year and David McBride was there in the panel too. David McBride will probably be full, maybe full-back Hessian in the corner. Um, with our half-back then line, we'll have Stephen Cohn, we'll have Connor Loftus and Dunica McHugh. I think he's going to give Dunica McHugh a chance we need to have defenders on the pitch. We need to have decent markers too. And McHugh has been uh, singled out in Mayo as a, as a good man marker. So hopefully he gets a run and gets a chance. But the, yeah, Connor Loftus is still at six. And, you know, he's been known as a forward. He was tried in midfield in the last year. He's now playing number six. So that's that's the, probably the big tactical change point for Mayo so far this year. Midfield, then I'd like to see Matty Ruan and Jordan Flynn. I think they're... You know, Jordan has played a, a, a 12 or 10, but he's played in the middle uh, for the pr- predominantly for this for Mayo this season. So it'll probably be Ruan and Flynn. And then half forward line, you're looking at Jeremy O'Connor, uh, Paddy Durkin if he's fish, and Jack Kearney. Um, I think they might try Durkin in the half forward line. That's the that's the, the talk around Mayo. They're trying to play maybe a defender in the in the forwards and drop him back and let Loftus go forward. Kind of a, a fall six almost or a false 11. So Jack Kearney then as well, young lad from one in All-Ireland there with Camina. He's doing okay. 
He still needs game time, but he's coming good. And then the full forward line is interesting. Ryan O'Donoghue, Aidan O'Shea and James Carr. Um, Ryan O'Donoghue will have to play because he's the free taker. Aido played well the last day. Did you keep him in there? I'd say they probably will and try and get a couple of more minutes into his legs. James Carr then, a big problem with James over the years is he's only got a couple of games and they've chucked him out and he, there's pressure on him now to bring in Killian and Killian's biting at his heels. But I think it's time to give James another game or two and I think they'll stick with him. He needs a couple of more games because he's he's been in for patches and taken out. So hopefully, um, hopefully that'll be the case. Paul Towie as well is a is a leather lad that I think might see game time, and I don't be surprised if he starts either from Charleston. So I'll just take you through what I think the Kerry team might be. Um, I'll be killing now if this is accurate because I'll be giving stuff away. But <laughs> I'd say Shane Ryan is a possibility to come back in and goal. Um, he's been rested, so Shane Murphy's been playing the first couple of games of the league. Now, Shane Murphy played very well uh, the last day against Manor. Yeah. Um, he was very solid and he, his kickouts were good, but I think Shane Ryan is the number one, and if he's available, which like he was on the bench the last day, so I'd imagine that Jack would be keen to get him in as quickly as possible and get back as close as he can to his the strongest 15 as he sees it. So I'd say you could possibly see Shane Ryan slipping back in. I'd say the backs might be similar enough to full back line. Like that's the All Ireland full back line there: Graham Sullivan, Jason Foley, and Tom Sullivan. Um, I can't see that being changed at the moment. How Warren uh, came in at wing back the last day and did quite well. Ty Morley is a certainty for centre back, and then and then Paul Murphy in the other wing who's playing really well at the moment as well after not starting for most of the last year. Uh, midfield: Jack Barry will be there. Barry Dennis Sullivan is a guy who's come in for the first two matches of the league. He had a great coming championship last year for, for Dingle. Um, has been in with Kerry in the past under Fitzmaurice. Uh, was out of the panel then for a few years. But he, he's done okay. You know, there, there's more in him. I think he's been a bit, maybe a bit overzealous at times. He's been kind of tearing into tackles, maybe trying to prove himself, you know. But he's a good footballer, you know. And he, he's a good physical presence as well, which Kerry need. The forward gets, the forward line gets a bit difficult, all right, because... I was at Crow Park today actually for, for a, a press conference. Um, Shawnee Shea was there. It was about um, Allianz coming on board as championship sponsors. But Shawnee was saying that he's hopeful of playing uh, this weekend. Obviously, if he's if he's 100% fit, then like he's he's a, a guaranteed starter, of course. But whether or not he's held for the week after, we'll have to wait and see. But he's hopeful of playing. If he does, then you might see him obviously going back to his normal centre forward position. Like Michal Burns and Darren Moynihan both played well last week. You'd imagine they can't all play. Adrian Spillane played quite well as well, you know, and he's a different option, uh, quite physical as well. So that half forward line is hard to pick. And then like Paulie Clifford came back in last week. You'd imagine he's going to start. Um, he's obviously another guaranteed starter when he's available. Is David Clifford going to be available? The talk is that he might be. He's back in training. Um, it's just a question of, of when, like, is he going to be risked? Is his first game a bit of a risk away to Mayo? Would it be easier to play him in a home match, you know, and kind of ease him in? Um, but if he is available, obviously, with David Clifford starts. But having said that, Daryl Roach is playing great football uh, from Glenn Flesk. He's going for the first or the first two games of the league, and he's not a massive man, but he's very strong. He's really, he's like a bull in the full form. He does look at it. He does look at in fairness. Yeah, I'd say he... he he um, does a lot of weights, you know, he's, he's very, very strong. Um, wins his own ball, he's got good hands and he can shoot down at, you know, off either foot as well. So he's he's a real he's a real threat and he's a real option now for Kerry as well as a ball winner inside there. And then, of course, Donald O'Sullivan down, um, another guy who's come in and grabbed his opportunity with two hands. He's he's playing really good football and he's very, very highly rated. He had his 
issues with injury all right kind of around under 20 but like the last two games he's been so so impressive you know against Donegal in that game when Kerry were struggling to to break lines and create chances every time he got the ball he was going at them he was breaking breaking tackles and winning fouls or shooting um, again against Monaghan the last day he was excellent so I'd be surprised even if Clifford is back well it's hard but I would still like to see Roach and, and Donald Down play because they've been playing so well it'd be quite harsh to, to leave them out of the match now and I think Jack O'Connor has a track record of sticking with lads when they're playing well so if he, bring, if he gives some guy a chance like Adrian Spillane last year for example who played well he'll stick with them for as long as he can and I think he'd probably try and stick with Roach and Donald Sullivan if he can if Clifford comes in, then maybe Paulie Clifford that have forward line, which is where you're going to operate anyway. But um, there's options there now. And all of a sudden, I think after the, the Donegal game, fellas were a bit worried. We're kind of going, geez, like we're, we don't have it. We've got half our team. We're after losing our first game. Are we going to be in trouble here? Like, you know, all of a sudden they win one match. Paulie Clifford comes back and David Clifford comes back and the fellas are looking the other way. They're looking up the table. So It's sick the amount of options that Kerry have in attacking threats. Like you're talking about two fellas, you know, Donald O'Sullivan, Dara Roach wouldn't be household names in, in Mayo yet. You know, one, three, the last day, one, two for, for, for Dara. Like them sort of players, and you said there, Jack gives them a chance. He'll need... You know, there's going to be injuries. He's going to need two or three killers off the bench anyway. And if he's going to get as much game time as that, they know what Clifford's going to do. They know what Paulie's going to do. There's no pressure on them as such. Like, and sure, scoring threats, they're all over the place. Even coming from the back, like we nearly want someone marking Tom O'Sullivan. You know, he's always going to pop up with a couple of scores. It's, it's really going to, it's really going to take an awful lot for Mayo to come out with two points. I think in this game. I think honestly, like Kerry, you can you can take away the All Ireland champion. Look at the team they have and that they're bringing down and the bench that they have, and they're just further down the line. And then they'll want to. I know the Mayo record has been decent against Kerry in the league, and we, we have performed well. But I just think it'll be a massive, massive task for Mayo to to come out with two points, even though we're at home. But you never know. Look at it's league football too. You could you could. I wouldn't be putting any money in it, but I'd be very very worried for Mayo. If they go strong, and even if they don't, they, they have the bench to, to to change it the second half. I think it's going to be a wet evening, or it's supposed to be a wet, damp evening, a bit of breeze, so might slow the game down a bit. But um, it'll be a massive task when you're when, when you're talking. You talk to that team there, like there's there's quality all over it, and there's proven match winners, and very hard to 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 talk up a case for Mayo in this game. I think. In terms of matchups, like say if Paddy Clifford does play, who would you see picking Paddy up? But see, that's the that's the, the the problem I mentioned to you earlier about you know Mayo losing. We lost Porcohora or Porcohora is injured. Will he be back? He was a man marker. Keegan a man marker. Mullen had had done a spell on Clifford a couple of years ago in the league too. So you're, you're you know who's going to take up Pody? You probably go with with, with Pody. You probably look at probably into Hessian. You know, give him a chance on him and see how he gets on. Like I'd say it's very 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 likely. You know that if, if Roach starts, you're looking at McBride on him. McBride's a big physical fella, he's well able to, to dish it out as well. I'd like actually like to see them two square up against each other. I think the Greek fireworks there between them. Um, Jonathan McHugh could come on at a party as well. You know, it depends on if Paddy plays out the field. If David Clifford is playing inside, who's going to take him? I'm so they might try Hessian on him and double up on him. McHugh could come out and take 
um, Pody then. But like, it's awful hard to predict these these matchups. And I think the way Mayo's defense is set up too, there'll be a lot of chopping and changing until they get it right. I don't think they'll probably know themselves. Some of these lads will be under pressure. But as I said, if they're sitting back and there's cover there, they might be able to, you know, to hold their own against them. And I said to there a couple of minutes ago, like we'll have Rhino Dunahoo or I don't know who Tom Sullivan is going to be marking, but he's going to take out one of our forwards. Uh, and we have been caught out. We have, we, we have in Mayo this year, I've seen it. Our forwards have been tracking back and doing the dog work too. And that's what caught Aidan Norm there. Aidan Gorm got caught out there for the high ball um, against Galway. But, uh, so it like Mayo forwards aren't afraid to go back and do the work, but you would never see David Clifford, would you? doing the dog work like he'll just he'll keep his ground and someone will do the work for him so that's a worry Um, I don't know like the Connor Loftus thing as well it, it, it's awful hard against the best forward in the county to play this sort of role if they don't have someone dropping back because he's not a great man marker but he's good going forward like do, is that the best way of defending against Kerry just put the foot down and go for it it's risky but it it's it could be it could be the only way out of it yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. As you said, there's it's kind of hard to call the matchups, especially when you don't know if Kerry are going to have like you're talking about Holly Clifford, David Clifford, and Shawnee O'Shea has been the 50 50 fellas. Like, if the three of them play, like, obviously, Kerry are a different team, and every team's going to set up differently against those three fellas. But, um, looking at Mayo's forwards, Aiden O'Shea in top of the square, could he cause Jason Foley problems potentially? I think. It's 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 the big debate in Mayo, isn't it? It's it's what do we do with Aidan O'Shea? It's been the talk of of the county for for years now at this stage, and I'd be if we're going playing and we're playing him on the square, and he stays in the square. But the ball has to be decent going in. I think there's been issues before with the with the type of ball going in. You know, there's no point hitting a daisy cutter in, into the corner to him, even though he probably will win it. But I'd keep him on the square and at least make Kerry think, put in one or two early balls and at least put a bit of pressure on and make Kerry think, right, we can't just um, we, we can't just uh, 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 leave him there and let him work. And I think, I think you know, it's the only place for him. But if, if it's a bad night and the game is a slow pace and it's windy, he's worth bringing out the field. We've said it in the podcast for the last couple of years. These slow games, the league games, and when, when there's belting and hitting to be done, there's no better man. He's a giant to a man. Um, it's just when 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 the pace of the game speeds up, it, it it does get difficult for him. So yeah, I'd leave him on the square. Look, at I love Rainer Dunhu. I think he's a warrior. Um, the last couple of years, he's really shown it. He's not afraid of anyone. He'll get stuck into anyone. It could be three or four times his his height. He doesn't mind. He's a, he, he's a real little terrier. Good free taker. Big moment in Mayo the last night. A lot of people are talking about. It. I didn't read anywhere, but he stayed on the freeze when Killian came onto the field, which was a big thing for. For a lot of people in Mayo, because it was a big, a big talking point for the last year, who's going to take in the freeze when both were on the field? Because Ryan kind of came in when Killian got injured, and they kind of bounced off each other now. But Ryan seems to be settled on the freeze, and he's not afraid to bring the fight to anyone. And you need that. And I think we're we were missing that in Mayo for a long time. Would you trust Ryan on the freeze, or would you would you be happier to see Killian be more reliable? Is he is he more experienced? Yeah, that's the thing. It's he yeah, definitely has experience, and he's definitely. I I I I trust him more. If if it was a shot from play, maybe I, I Ryan hasn't done badly on the freeze, and I think if Ryan got another year or two, he'd be as good as Killian. Experience wise, if it came down to a match winning free, if 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 it'd be very hard if Killian came over to you and said, "Give me the ball," like it'd be very hard for Ryan to say no. 
Do you know, like yeah. we had a chance the last day with Owen McLaughlin. Owen McLaughlin should have turned around and gave it to Killian and, and tapped it over the bar before Armour went down and, and got the equaliser. Um, you, you, you trust them in, in, in front of the goal, yeah. But they're both, they're both, see the thing about the two lads, they're very, very similar footballers in the fact that they're killers. They'll, they, they'll go for the juggler all the time and you can't have two of them, I don't think. It's very hard to keep two of them on the same team because they're both you know they're both all they're looking out for is scoring and they want to pull them over the line and I'd say I'd say there's there's plenty of friction between the two of them at training and I could say it's only bringing on the two of them the two of them are locking horns like that it's good to see it it's great so listen Riff, before I let you go I'm going to put you on the spot are, are Mayo going to be Kerry or are Kerry going to be going home with two points on Saturday I think I think I'd take another draw. I'd take three points from three <laughs> games, if it, it, honestly, but I think Kerry are going to win. I think they have the forwards. They have a better team at the moment. They're further down the line. We're, we're, we're early stages with three or four games to do management, new system, new tactics. Um, a couple of big names lost and we don't have the luxury of bringing on David Clifford. So I'll be going uh, for Kerry for two points, unfortunately. Well, I hope you're right. Um, what's it like when Kerry come to town? Like, obviously, when any team plays against a rival, there's going to be good atmosphere uh, at, a, at a home match. But like, is it different when Kerry come to town than other teams for for Mayo? Yeah, the, 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 there does seem to be a good contingent of travelling Kerry support. Now, the big problem is uh, some of them stay in Castlebar and others stay in Westport, so they do get split up. Um, it's a, it is a big thing for 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 travel fans. Castlebar, like Mick Burns, is the only pub really you, you go to in Castlebar. Great pub, great sports pub, great GA pub. Definitely worth calling in and visiting for the match and after. But if you're probably staying Westport, I'd say more than likely it's 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 there's not much going on in Castlebar after the game. Bar Mick Burns it, for an hour or two after. So I, I I'd be going to Westport to keep an eye out for the for the match program. I think myself and Mick have a, a bit of a a sponsorship. Um, or a PR stunt at the moment. Mick has had the, an advert in the programme for the last 20 years. It's been the same advert. And for the Galway game there, we kind of mixed it up and I put the uh, ref emoji on the on Mick Burns' face and we changed the name of the pub to uh, Ref's Main Street, Castle Bar. Caused a bit of, bit of, bit of crack, but there'll be a few Kerry, the usual Kerry fellas coming down and and um, we'll be we'll, we'll, we'll surely open them or welcome them with open arms when they do land down to Castle Bar or even Westport or wherever they land in Mayo. Good stuff. Thanks a million. I'll be up there myself in Westport and uh, well, I'll be in Castlebar for the match, obviously, but I'll be staying in Westport, so uh, I might come across you somewhere. Do. Do you know what I look like now, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Sworn to secrecy. Listen, yeah. thanks, thanks a million for that. No bother at all. No bother. Thanks for having me. All the best. All the best. Bye-bye.